Hola, welcome to Salvi Mujeres Talk. I am Oti. I am Tati. And we are two mujeres, primas, y amigas embracing our raíces salvadoreña. Reaching out to share with our Salvi community con la misma curiosidad. Hola comunidad, this is Oti from Salvi Mujeres Talk. ¿Cómo estamos? Tati, ¿cómo estás? I'm good, thank you, and hoping everyone is doing great as well. And thanking everyone for listening to us in yes. another episode of Salvi Mujeres Talk. Yes, so what do yes. we have, Oti, prepared for everyone? So this episode, it really touched us in a different way. I think um, mental health. So we interviewed Susana, who is a um, therapist, and she what she's done is she's integrated both her professional clinical um, profession along with her artistic side. Um, I think we we talked about a couple a couple of things, but I think what really touched me was the su the subject in generational trauma. Correct. And, and I think and I mean it's very important because we don't wanna dis disclose or or to give too much information on the episode, but the reason why Oti and I decided to do this and to jump into this, I think, is because we have been noticing a lot of content on mental health everywhere, correct? Where it's right. not only social media, it's the news, is friends, people we know or our community. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have been speaking with Oti regarding why it's so important mental health. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to us? And you were just sharing with me before we started this recording um, how we as maybe immigrants or first generations, second generations, uh, we have the opportunity to see how mental health is very important because we see some traumas and some right. PTSDs in, in our families. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you were sharing about family members. Yeah. Um, going through yeah. That. Family members in, I think when, when in, in the episode with Susana, I had mentioned también where that's just the trauma that family went through in, in La Guerra was just not talked about. In, um, <clears throat> How was it? It's not a topic that was discussed at all. I think we would, with family, we would get together y pues el ambiente feliz, bailando. Um, so it was, it was a subject that just was not something that you sat down like, so let's talk about, you know, your experience, you know, whatever. And, and I recently started to talk to my dad about it. Um, so when Susana had mentioned the generational trauma subject, and this is where then I was like, you know, this is something that I don't think I've ever really discussed, even with cousins my age that lived through it, that experienced it. And I met a friend of a friend who had also mentioned that her just recently in the last couple of years she's gone to El Salvador met with her and um 
convivió con su familia y hablando de la guerra and what their family went through. And I kind of stepped back thinking, you know, I don't know what my family went through and the trauma that they went through as well. And one thing that Susana brought up that was really surprising to me was even it could even tra traumatize if a woman was pregnant and my mom was pregnant with me for she was three months cuando pasó para acá, but during the war and then when they came over here to the United States and having and, and only thinking me being pregnant one two three times and remembering how when I was stressed out when I was um, just stressed out in general work or different thing and how it affected my body. I can only imagine women that had to go through this pregnant during the war and how it could have affect, affected their, the baby and the generation que sigue. So it, it, it was, it was a definitely an eye opener. Um, I think we, we also try to touch base on um, different other areas of mental health as well, burnout, Um, and how that affects us as well and everything. So I really enjoyed this episode. Definitely want to have Susana back because I think that we we did only like the tip, the tip of these conversations. And I know there's more. There's Definitely. more to, to discuss. Definitely. And we truly hope that you that are listening right now, maybe you can find some help or some light even with something that is happening to you or a family member because uh, for us it was an eye-opener even though I mean we have been through trauma in our lives depression and experiences that have been very hard but to having the specialist in this case that is Susana is very how can I say it It's very re rewarding because you have a guide on to know what's happening and to know what you can do about it. So we hope that you like this episode. We hope you enjoy it. And mm -hmm. please just stay tuned and always give us that feedback because we like to listen and to know about you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think mental, mental health is, is a, um, our generation is very open to it. Our older generation, our parents, our grandparents have not embraced it as well as, even for my for myself, for my generation, it, it, it's taken me, my for me personally, to accept that, girl, you need some help and it's okay. Um, but I do encourage you all to kind of take, take some time to reflect on what, causes any anxieties depression and it could be as simple as yeah there's some there's 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 some trauma going on with with yourself but it also could be something that where your family oh another thing too that she mentioned sorry I'm kind of coming kind of off is behavioral trauma and where your parents the way they behaved then it was kind of pushed on upon upon yourself and where you have to sometimes un learn and teach yourself was also a big big eye-opener for me for me as well I'm telling you I can go on on and on and on about this system. but we want you you know but we want you to listen <laughs> to this episode first and I understand you too there's a lot of things that I want to say but 
we really want people to digest what we got <laughs> from this and we're going to do a review on that episode as well because there's so much that we need to to put together yeah from that episode and that yes. was the, the the perfect thing of this episode so yeah. we hope you enjoy it yes too and then also listen up you guys um susana did have some recommendations on some books that it's on my amazon cart now um that i'm going to order because i definitely think that and she and susana said it too as well is we are really lucky that we are now seeing libros de nuestra cultura que it reflect that we can then reflect upon because during my childhood we definitely did not have books um that talked about someone that looks like me you know so love it I read the reviews on these books and everything so keep in mind as well write those down We'll also try to um, post as well the books that we that that um, Susana recommend that go out and get and hopefully we can um, all read together. Um, but I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. So hope you're all doing well. Don't forget follow us on Instagram, follow us on Spotify, send us messages on um, Instagram for any feedback for any suggestions that you will all um, have. I know there's a lot going on in the month of March in our Saudi community. So we'll also continue to support the comunidad. But again, enjoy the episode. Susana, welcome, welcome. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. How are y'all? All right, let's, let's, let's hear the accomplishments of Susana. No, yes. First of all, well, we want to thank you for the time that you're making to be with us. I know it's been taking a long time for us to be able to do that. Um, I remember the first time I got COVID, <laughs> we had yeah. to cancel. And right now, uh, I feel very lucky that you're with us because you truly have a lot of knowledge that a lot of people can learn from and, mm -hmm. and people can feel related to. So mm -hmm. to everyone that is listening to us, we have Susanna Lewandowski. I'm hoping that I'm saying <laughs> nothing good. <laughs> and Susanna, she is an artist and therapist who was born in El Salvador. Mm -hmm. She is a mental health professional working on Houston, Texas. And her work has included working with veterans, trauma, immigration, and adjustment issues with the Latinx community, as well as human trafficking survivors and refugees from various uh, countries. She's also a graduate of the Office of Trafficking in Persons Leadership Program, where she was able to focus on raising prevention against labor trafficking in immigrant populations. Susana, for you to know, is very passionate about utilizing the creative arts as a platform to raise public awareness on social issues. In her spare time, Susana enjoys spending time with her family, friends, attending cultural and art events, painting and adding to her collection of plants, which I feel completely related to you. I know, Listen, like we're soul sisters. <laughs> yes, I have, I have an apartment, right? I don't have too much space, but Outside of the or of my apartment, I have a bunch of plants. They're suffering right now with the California weather that we're having too much rains. But that's my time to relax. So I'm guessing you feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> so I Susanna, please um share with us what was the reason 
that you decided to get into all of this process of becoming um, a specialist in helping others with trauma? Mm -hmm. And after you said that, I would like for you to also explain to us what is trauma so we can understand and we we have an idea, but we want to have your your definition of it because you're the one that has that contact with yeah. this topic that is so very important. I agree. Sure. I think we use the word trauma very loosely and mm. and it's lost its definition per se, I say. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm definitely eager to hear what your 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 thoughts on that. Yeah, well, that... Um such a big question and kind of my journey into the world of mental health. And initially I, you know, my undergraduates in art and then my goal was eventually to maybe do something curation and I'm kind of stepping into that world. So that's exciting. Therapy um, did not grow up thinking I was going to be a therapist. That's for sure. No one in my family talked about mental health. Um, we, I did not grow up with that knowledge or that was available to me and so there was just some cultural context on like consejería and terapia and so stepping into that role really kind of just happened I guess organically um I was working in Houston um in a university where I got my undergrad and I was talking to some professors and one of them invited me into like an information session on psychology um and what I think art and psychology do go very well together too so okay. um, definitely developed a big interest just speaking to him and getting to know him and other faculty members their way of thinking and looking at problems and issues in society it was just rich conversations and that led me into being a little bit more curious and so I went and I just really liked his teaching method I loved his collaborative style. It just felt really like, like just, okay, I think this is something I can pursue. Mm -hmm. um, and so I went for it and, oh man, that's kind of how it started. And then I went through the program, my practicum and internship. Um, I really started working with clients. I mean, and I think I, all therapists probably remember their first client. I think we always remember that. <laughs> <laughs> you treasure them <laughs> yeah I was so nervous and you're always in the, oh my god what's the white what's the right quotation mark question right and it doesn't so um but I noticed that when I was working in the population that presented with a lot of social issues I was so passionate in working with them and, and there was a lot of obviously crossover and I think experiences when you're working with anyone you know we all go through so many things and so it's relating to another person but um I just noticed I just was able to make really good connections um and I was very passionate it, be it became this passion of wanting to help my community I worked a lot of with in initially in my internship with individuals who were undocumented who were living below the poverty line um and so that's kind of how it started just that exposure and and then I'm like wow I know I want to do more this is definitely I want to help more and so it started with that and growing in of course as a therapist in that world but also kind of looking at like well now that I know all these things how can I help more 
right? How can I, how can I take this knowledge and step outside of, of the room as a therapist? And it took a long time to begin to see what else I can do. I mean, present day, I'm still, I feel like I'm still in that journey of what else can I do yeah. with all this knowledge I have and these experiences that I've personally been through to help educate and, and relate and destigmatize um, traumas, right? Because yes. the traumas, mental health is, is sting. There's stigma around it still. And how do we destigmatize as we humanize it? Right. Right. Yeah. Communities, cultures and conversations. And so I think lately that's kind of where also art has also started to kind of form into a healing process for myself, but also some projects I'm doing and where I'm incorporating like healing arts um, with groups or in schools or just side projects and figuring out like how, how can I bring kind of this healing element with art um, and talking about, you know, sometimes hard conversations, but in a different way. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and you know what? It's very interesting what you're mentioning because for us as Latinos and Latinas, Latinx community, talking about trauma or mental health issues has never been easy mm-hmm. because um, I believe uh, you, and that's what I want to know if you feel related to this, that in our family, when I remember uh, I had a conversation with my, with my father, we had a big change. We moved from cities from Guatemala back to El Salvador to live mm-hmm. over there. And I think, and I believe now that I was experiencing back then depression, depression because I had to move and leave my school behind my friends. I didn't have a choice on that. It was my parents. So I will think constantly, I want to go back. And I used to be very vocal about it. I will mention my parents. I want to go back. I want to go back. I miss my friends. I used to keep a picture of the school group, you know, the, the picture that you get from school next to my mm-hmm. nightstand. And I remember my father, he was like, that's it. Forget about it. That's part of your past. You need Mm -hmm. to move on. Look to the future. And what I said just 10 seconds ago, that's the past. So I grew up (laughs) with that idea in my head, like, okay, it's past, it's past. Like Uh I didn't have the right to acknowledge my pain, to Mm -hmm. go through it. Mm-hmm. And and to experiencing that and healing from there, mm-hmm. so yeah. is what in my adult life. Then I had situations where I was like with other people, oh whatever, that's part of the past. Like as if uh, as if the past doesn't have, doesn't a have a in your present or your or your future, right? So mm-hmm. how it was for you because you're coming from Salvadorian family. Mm-hmm. I would like to know if your family came from El Salvador as immigrants or if mm-hmm. they were born here and. How was that for you? Because we need to break a lot of things in our families so we can um, be able to gather to get together, talk about those issues that are very hard issues to talk about with our families that can be someone's passing, financial issues, uh, immigration issues, or, or yeah. familias, uh, what is the name of these um, familias? Que están en El Salvador y están divididas. Separation. And the are here, mm-hmm. separation. Oh. How was for you to come out with that with your family and how they took it? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, I think you hit on a lot of like just similarities with experiences of like being an immigrant or not from the United States or not born here. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, my family, initially, my mother was not going to leave El Salvador. That was not her intention. Um, she loved her home. She loved her country. Her, I mean, that's where she was raised and everything. And um, and then, you know, things happened. The Civil War happened. Poverty happened. Unfortunately, one of my uncles, her one of her older brothers, she's the youngest, was kidnapped during the Civil War um, and they never found him. So you kind of hit what inter intergenerational traumas. Um, and I don't know if y'all read Roberto Lovato's book, Unforgetting, um, which he talks about the history of El Salvador and he goes, it's, it's a really good book, but he goes into explaining how traumas in countries, specifically speaking about El Salvador, the Civil War, how that begins to leave imprints in, in families, what he saw in his parents, um, why they were hesitant or avoidant in the topic of talking about what they went through. You know, in my experience, my grandmother, what she witnessed, or I can't even imagine having your kid taken yeah. and you don't know anything and yeah. the government at that time started doing uh, restitution so she would go every month and collect a very small amount for her son um which i guess in the sense it's something but obviously it doesn't equate to right. losing a child absolutely um, but yeah i mean i think what you talked about in families as far as like experiencing like you know sometimes conversations were avoided or topics weren't discussed or it wasn't seen as a big deal um mm -hmm. so it was, it was like minimized right yeah. so I didn't know any of anything I was a kid growing up and you know it's just the way it was and um so we came to the U.S. um we were undocumented for many years and so um that's a very different experience too for individuals going through that um, that's traumatic and, and very stressful. And you, you know, you kind of ask, you know, what is trauma? And there's, you know, the definition, if you're looking at it like clinically, right, is like anything that's um could put your life at risk or a witness to someone else's life at risk. Um, but at the same time, there's like different forms of trauma where you're not necessarily your life's at risk, but you're in danger. And that's traumatic in itself. Right. And so you're living in a very high level of fight, right, or freeze. Right. Um, and so you're in survival mode. You're just, I'm going to get through it. And if you're in survival mode, you're not going to be talking about your past. Like right. You're just, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, my mother was a single mom working really hard and trying to make a living for herself. And she did. And um, I had a lot of admiration for her. And, but through, I think later as we started, I mean, obviously I'm older now. And so conversations did start happening. And I think that in that sense for me was sparked probably because a lot of education came my way as I started moving through school and learning more. And then I started taking psychology classes and it's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> there's this, that. Uh, and then you start having these conversations about it. Um, right. I think, you know, we've had quite a few, um, quite a few interviews with in, um, and all of, all of 
the folks that we interviewed are all like, yeah, you know, our families came in the early 80s, the war, the war, war, the war. But I've always, and that correct me if I'm wrong, but I've always felt like when, when we would talk about that, there was always this like small little pause when we would say, when they would say, oh, because of the Civil War. Because I feel like that's right there is it's like an unspoken topic that we all have when it comes to se vinieron por la, por la guerra, right? Yes. And then that's it. We kind of just leave it, leave it be. And same experience with my parents, I mean, early 80s, they se quedaron in, in Mexico for a couple of months with their thoughts that the war would be over in a short couple of, of, of weeks. It wasn't going to be as long as, as it was, right? And so they decided to come. And my dad just recently we started having conversations about this about the war and his experiences and his trauma and even then we've just hit just the top of it mm-hmm. because he has said it's like this is a very hard sub- subject for him to talk about as yeah. much as i've tried to forget about it i just can't mm-hmm. and he actually went through a really a, a depression in the early 90s and he went to the doctors and they're like, this is, this is due to the, to the war, your, your PTSD. Mm-hmm. And so they gave him medication, but he refused to take it. Refused. Mm-hmm. He's like, nope, I'm going to surpass this. I'm just going to put it in my past and just go on. Mm-hmm. But he admits, he goes, no, I can't. There's, there's just things that I'm not, I, I can't forget. And he, he mentioned, he, he mentioned that he lived, you could smell fear fear mm. to talk about talk talk about it but I did ask I was like dad I really want to have a conversation with you I think this mm-hmm. would very very be it would be um something that I want to understand because I definitely agree I do think that there's generational trauma mm-hmm. that would probably ex- explain explain so much right so it's a topic that I think we all we just don't talk about we just the war and we just say mm-hmm. yes yeah, just and, and, and you mentioned something right now Oti, and it's a, a topic that honestly i got to learn right now i mm-hmm. have to be honest the um intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. um we really like to submerge into the stories of the community and what you mentioned right now about the war in el salvador that just like you said, my mom can tell you immediately. I remember helicopters. You cannot talk anything about nothing related to the war because you never know who was listening. And then they will go get you to your home and take you away. So my thinking is that obviously, like you mentioned, your dad ha- having PTSD from it. How did I, how that was able to affect you as the other generation as his his daughter, right? So, yeah. Susana, how does intergenerational trauma look like or, or how yeah. is it possible that it can be transferred to one generation to other? Yeah, so generational or intergenerational trauma, and then some people call it like collective trauma um, or historical trauma. So it's basically, right, the war, like war is a really good example. Slavery, racism, it's these traumas that impact one generation and then it just continues um and it's 
different ways that it impacts. I mean, and one, they're, they are doing research right now on the biological impact. It's called epigenetics. And they're looking at how um, genes are certain cells in the body. It doesn't necessarily like affect the DNA, but there's like cells and genes within the DNA that are imprinted from such severe traumas that one generation goes through, or if a mother was pregnant during the civil war, speaking to that, or um, in poverty, born in poverty, born in um, like demute abuse. Um, So there is a lot of research being done in that area, which I think is really great because we're going to learn a lot more. Um, And then, right. Then we think about like, how is it passed down externally right and so when we think external like i think like behaviors um or family patterns which is kind of what you guys i think we all i i'm pretty sure we all can see that in our families right so family might seem like emotionally emotionally numb where they could be hesitant about discussing the topic um or discussing feelings in general um some families see discussing feelings as a sign of weakness we don't talk about our feelings. Right? Yeah. Uh, Listen, that, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, that well, one is hard and is so is. accurate. And unfortunately, until more things happen, more traumatic things happen in life, you start learning to talk about them and to look for help. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can cope with that because... Listen, I, I have gone through, I lost my brother and my father. I don't have them anymore. And it's only my mom and me as in my, the family that I was born into. And because of that, I think my mother was able to finally address stuff as they are with me. Mm-hmm. But it has taken a long time for us to be able to do that. So right. it's interesting what you're mentioning about the genetics too, because I was going to ask you if that was even possible um because uh I know Oti that your mom was pregnant with you mm-hmm. when they mm-hmm. were coming here yep. Yep. and I was pregnant with my boy when I was still mourning my brother mm-hmm. so I mean it's very interesting the results that we might be able to learn from that because I truly I believe there's this, that something passes by through genetics definitely yeah. But it's yeah. good to understand too that the behaviors, of course, mm-hmm. uh, are part of passing that yeah. trauma. I think that's what we see mostly, right? Is like patterns of um, sometimes lack of boundaries in within families, right? And then so as as a child seeing that, then you grow up potentially with adult, and then you're having issues maybe with boundaries or. Some behavior like um, passive aggressive aggressive behavior, right? Or we or avoiding a conflict. Like we don't. Yes. I'm not gonna. It's nope, not touching it. You know. Um, some families are super anxious about their little ones, and so even though it's safe, they're overly protective, right? And so sometimes you can see like behaviors coming from places of of trauma or lived experience that they've had um, in them or their grandparents or their great grandparents. Um, so those are those are definitely, I think, some ways that you like you guys have seen it. Or I think we've all seen that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's um so much comes to, to mind with behavioral. I think it's I just as soon as you said that, I just think paranoia. 
you know, <laughs> and, and where that definitely felt where it's, I feel like that comes, that stems from somewhere, obviously with my parents um, living what they went through. And then, mm-hmm. then it's somehow embodying that into our mindset. And I said, us, my sister and I, mm-hmm. um, where we're constantly, you know, can be a little paranoid with certain, certain things and trust, which is something that I, my sister and I have talked about a lot and where we like the lack of trust in is so it, it's huge with, with, with my parents growing up. Mm-hmm. And, and so we've tried to push ourselves. Like we don't want to be that. We don't want to continue that mistrusting people or not trusting others or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Nope. So in a way we, at a young age, we recognize some of these behaviors where we, we, we decided, Nope, this stops here. Not really knowing that what we were doing mm-hmm. was actually trying for us to cut these, the chains or whatever, mm-hmm. right, as they call it. But it's super, super interesting how that can really affect your life if you don't oh. recognize that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, for sure. I think that's um, like kind of breaking the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly. the hard part, I think. And that's the part that we will address in this next segment. We're going to take a quick break, but we're going to come with that. How can we treat it? How can we heal from it? Yes. So stay yes. here with us. All right. Hola comunidad, this is Opi. Hope you're enjoying this episode of Salve Mujeres Talk. Thank you all so much for continued support. Please follow us on Instagram and listen and follow us on Spotify. Okay, so we are back with Susana. Again, Susana, thank you so much for joining us. And this is a, a, a topic that most um, Salvadoreño families that came here in the early 80s um, with the trauma of the war is a unspoken topic and listening to you and what you have, you have done, um, with a combination of art. Uh, I think Salvadoreños are, we are naturally in, in on our own way, very artistic, bright. Um, so combining that together, I think is something that I'm going to, I'm going to say is something that will identify you very separately. Cause I think that it is beautiful. Cause I think it's, it's just hearing what you were saying is how mm-hmm. can you help and stepping kind of away from the traditional clinical um, part mm-hmm. of therapy mm-hmm. and doing something where it will then combine both our enrich our culture in, mm-hmm. in talking, talking about, this is therapy, but it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be, you're not going to be in this fluorescent light of a room, you know, this vision that we all Hot have. Seat. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> that we that our families do have. So right during break, we were talking um just briefly of how a door has opened. Um, so for many Latinos, just not necessarily Salvadoreños, but I think it comes from that we are moving to first generation, second generations, um, Salvadoreño was born, born here in where they are being open to the need of mental health, self-care, mm-hmm. taking care right. of ourselves. 
Um, but our parents and our grandparents may not be there yet. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I want to I want to ask you is what other top three things I think that you have seen, or what is your generation? What is your population right now in trying to sacar get in there y sacar lo que you know está tan enterrado en la en la en la gente. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, and that's one of the things that when I think that has kept my role as a therapist fueled is the passion to to help um, my communities that I'm very, or just my heart, just a huge part of my heart. Um, and it's just how I'm built. Like I cannot, like I have to help. Like it's just, <laughs> it's, I'm like my grandmother. It's just, it's just what I, it's who I am. It's what I do. It's, like I'll never stop. It's just, and it's not work for me. Um, right. When it becomes lighter with like art, just getting in the community. I love that. That's like the, the, the fun part for me, but you know, I always think of like building resilience. Right. And so I, and you know, whether I'm in the therapist role or I'm not, if I have that hat on or not, I think I'm always in the framework of just how do I build resilience? Um, and I think if with the therapist hat on, it's, um, kind of coming to, to families and trying to open up those conversations within family members of like being loving and, and honest and um, when they're ready, obviously, right? Because not everyone's going to show up in that, in that place, um, especially if they're in there, if they're in it, if they're really experiencing their trauma, they're not going to be ready for certain conversations, right? They're just not. And so they're going to heal if we look like at our older generations, right? So if I look at my grandmother, you're going to, I see her healing was spiritual. I mean, that was the most spiritual woman I've ever met. She left a huge impact on me. I mean, you see her in my artwork, like she just comes out in my artwork. Um, and so I, her therapy, her healing was her spirituality. Right. And like, so I think in older generations, you kind of see that they do that, right. Or or whatever they're gravitating towards, um, Mm -hmm. or within their community, helping others, the church, volunteering, my family in El Salvador right now, both my aunt and uncle are pastors. Um, and so they're, that is their way of, of also helping and healing their country, neighbors and, um, you know, they're com- within their community. Um, but right. And then, so you mentioned like just how your own culture, the richness in, in traditions. Right. And so I always think if you can, I think one way of helping yourself, uh, if you're experiencing like hard times or you're going through something is try to connect to your ancestors through, through culture. Right? And so that can be songs, their artwork, traditions, foods, meditation practices or tradition um so allowing yourself to be nourished by their stories um books right reading books about certain things or wisdom of these people that came before you um i'm always very inspired by people who have come before me and lived hard lives and what they've taken away from that um are points of, of reference for me and a lot of the work I do or the way I try to live my life and how it presents itself too in some of my artwork. Right. So wow. I, yeah. the healing and as you mentioned, 
you can find it in in, diff, in different ways. For instance, your grandma, spiritual, same thing, my grandma. Um, but do you sense that that's, and maybe I'm, I'm wrong because I'm, I'm a talker. I can talk my feelings for, for hours. But is it a Band-Aid or is it truly a healing process mm-hmm. where is it just possible that there will be just gente that go that went through some trauma will not be able to speak speak through it with words mm-hmm. um i don't you know that's i think it depends on the person right like and every family is so different and so even though we're all like his cult you know from El Salvador, right? Or we're all from, it doesn't mean that we each have that same way of like being or, you know, or communicating. So I don't know, you know, I think it depends on the person if they're getting healing and a lot of um, personal growth from spirituality. Um, and if family can see that, I think that's wonderful, right? And if mm-hmm. it's, they may not necessarily talk about like their experience and details but maybe they'll talk about it in other forms you know like yes. other- and, and you know I'm, I, I, right now that you mentioned what, what you do with your art because you're really you're very artistic I mean we have seen your Instagram and um yes I, I enjoy that because I always consider myself that I'm a an artist <laughs> like yes. a frustrated one but <laughs> I I feel like when I do it is when I'm feeling the need, yes, to put feelings somewhere, you know, and I have found, I found myself telling my husband, I need to do something with my hands, you know, I need to do something. And he mm-hmm. said, go ahead. So last time I did it was a couple of days ago, I think, and I did a collage a collaging without having something in my head, right? Using paper magazines. I know it's done, maybe sound for someone. I know it's with the niños. I don't care. Mm-hmm. That's what helped me. And um, I enjoyed doing it. And when I saw the results, <laughs> it was, it was a, a married couple getting married, this and that. And that so, so I related to so many things. But what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say is, I found myself doing that to help me um, maybe doing that, putting feelings or thoughts and even drawing. And the drawings that I make are very cultural uh, related. So I'm going to share some of those drawings because all of them are women. Yeah. All of them are dressed in our very traditional like garments. Well, that's according to me, right? <laughs> I don't know if it came out like that. <laughs> but... Um, it's because of that connection as well that you mentioned that you feel very proud about your grandma and I I'm trying to jump in this little personal project you know gathering pictures from my grandparents when they were young and it's hard because I'm here all of my family is in El Salvador so it's hard but it's, I think it's part of that of understanding you know pictures of my grandma mm-hmm. and to be able to get to know them and show it to my son so I think it's part of that process of healing as well because I know you know how they went through but until right now I'm able to put those two pieces together why am Mm -hmm. I doing this and why do I feel the need on 
to do yeah. this. So thank you. Thank you, Susana, because it's very eye opener uh, in that way that maybe it's me trying to heal generational yeah. traumas. Definitely. Yeah. I think it comes to you, right? Like you just, it just, it just happens. You just start doing it. Um, and, and then you have this work of art, this piece that you've made and it's resonating with a lot of things in you and forming um, connections and you maybe closures or releases that weren't there before. I think that's the beautiful part about art is that it gives language to sometimes what words can't. And that's, it's storytelling in a different way, you know, and I love that. And I, 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 I really gravitate towards that. And I think it's, it, it, it is a, a form of healing. And um, like you said, it's, a, it's this wanting this connection to your culture, to your, to your people and wanting to share that with your son. And, and it does a lot for you. And it's, I think it's, it's the same with um, all the creative arts, right? And music and dance and, and written like poetry and all of these things that um that resonate to to experiences i think we can all relate to definitely yeah. that's amazing that's amazing and we have jump oti you can share about this too oti uh she read the book of uh, solito and you susana mentioned before another book in I would like to take you know note of that book because mm -hmm. uh, we definitely are trying to get into these um, the people that have put you know their stories in paper reading so we can learn about that. So yeah, mm -hmm. Oti she did that and I uh, everything book. that yeah. Mm -hmm. It was such a beautiful book, um, well written and where he had to experience to bring that bring all these emotions up that he had experienced and and I, I went to his reading and had mentioned that there were things that he had completely forgotten about until he went through this project that brought up all of these different <laughs> memories yeah the smell the everything it was it was just unbelievable and reading his book definitely felt it um where I myself was like This is just picturing this child come to, from a, from Salvador on his way to all the the experiences that he went through was mm -hmm. it was incredible, and um, and those are the the things in where we I feel like we need to help our children to to un yeah. understand their feelings the feelings that they go through um, right. and how to do that, but. It also comes in where yourself you need to do some healing as well before you can experience that. I think one yeah. one one of the things that we had mentioned was um, the crying part of it, in mm -hmm. where we grew up with saying you don't cry, you don't cry, and everything you have to be strong and, and so on. To the point where I'm still I'm 41 years old, and when I cry, I actually am mad at myself for crying. You know, yeah. So it is well, yeah, girl. You know, <laughs> so I'm here trying to teach my kids like it's okay to cry. We all have bad days and da da da. But Listen, I, I can't do that one of myself. the hardest. Yeah, that's one of the hardest things that you can tell a child because I was talking to my mom. This when my dad passed away, I was 11 years old, and mm. 
todo mundo me decía in the service, you need to be strong for your mom. You need to be strong for your mom. Don't let her see you crying or feeling bad. You need to be there for her. Yeah. Guess what? I found myself um, growing up like this in a second, taking mm -hmm. care of my mom emotionally, yeah. not being able to put myself out there with my feelings too, because yeah, she lost a husband, but I lost a father, a, a parent. Mm -hmm. And there's this movie or this series in Netflix with Soy Zeldan. I don't remember the name right now, but she loses her husband. Mm -hmm. and they have a daughter so there's a scene with the they're both together in bed the mom and the daughter and the daughter is saying I understand that you lost my daughter you lost my dad but I lost my father the moment that I heard that out loud I start crying and pouring watching the tv yeah. Yeah. but because I understood that that's what happened to me It happened to me, and, and I used to not cry in front of anyone. I just do it by myself. And then, again, my brother passed away. The same thing. Mm -hmm. You need to be there for your mom. And I had, I was, how old was I? 25, 26 when he passed away. Mm -hmm. The same thing. Here we go again. And a month after his passing, then I start finding myself going down. Like, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to do anything. I just want to be on bed. It was a depression. So I think it's very important to have empathy with others, mm -hmm. how they deal with their um, grievings, their griefs or their traumas or the situations, stressful situations, because for everyone is different. Mm -hmm. And you cannot assume that what it worked for me is going to work for them or just say, things very slightly like ah very lightly sorry like oh no pues hay que ser fuerte no que te vean que estás fuerte no you have the right to go through the suffering or the pain and to put it out because yeah. then if you don't do that trust me I've been working on that now years years and years after yeah. I'm trying to work into why this caused me pain why do I get too emotional what is it's all of that Mm -hmm. I have learned that. So, yeah, telling a child, don't cry, don't cry when is, they really have the right to feel that pain. Mm -hmm. Let them, let them go through it. Let them go through it so they can pour it out and then you move from there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then just that itself, right? You're breaking that, that cycle. Of, of don't cry. Fix, fix your face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're breaking that just by you're you're just letting your child experience emotion, they're experience grief, and then um, right. I think as mothers, like we don't put that same parenting advice. We have to like parent ourselves yes. and remember to do that, and yes. and allow yourself to grieve and feel all these feelings and and um, which is really hard. <laughs> It's easier to avoid them, um, but that's part of self-care too right so we don't burn out um or, and then that one yeah because burnout too affects parenting definitely yes the oh, burnout yes. i think we've all experienced that one way or another the burnout of just wearing multiple hats and how um that can burn us out and mm -hmm. 
not any not having those conversations even with what my mom passed away a couple of years ago but even when we were when I was still trying to learn the whole being a mom working full-time and blah 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 and everything you just don't talk about that you just go you just do it yeah yeah mm-hmm. no there's you just someone has to do it so no no complaining and find feeling that that burnout it is one of those those feelings that well what do you do with this how do you deal mm-hmm. with these feelings when you're starting to feel worked out? Yeah. And you, yeah, I mean, you hit a brick wall at some point um, and it shows itself differently. Right. And so it could be physical or emotional or relational. Like you just start having a bunch of issues everywhere and then it's harder to pull it back together. It's harder to, to but you know, I, you know, I think of self-care um, like my, mindfulness we're hearing a lot more of like mindfulness practices um with the breathing and um the grounding techniques right so grounding is anything our, our five senses basically sight sound touch taste smell i think i got them all um so being able to slow your brain down and get in focus on what you're doing in the present moment and that's a really hard skill when you spent your whole yeah. life not focusing and just yeah. going. Yeah. So you're teaching yourself a whole new way of of living. You're basically one of your, you know, you're you're teaching yourself a whole new way of like interacting in your life and being present in your life, and that's it's really hard to do. Super hard. Mm-hmm. I find myself if I sit down on the couch and just say, "I'm, I'm just going to sit here," the sense of guilt starts creeping in. <laughs> like, yeah. I should be doing something. Why am I just sitting here? There's so there. I'm sure there's plenty of things to do. You know, like I should start doing this. I should start doing that. Blah blah blah. And not allowing myself just to sit quietly. Super mm-hmm. hard. Super yeah, hard. Super. So nature too has been for me a big part of like helping me slow down too. And I think that's probably what's led to so many plants in my home and um, really trying to take moments to to be present and connect to nature in whatever way I can and look at how it changes and grows. And, you know, it's never in a rush. It just, yeah. 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 Um, Very good way to see that. (laughs) Yes. I mean, because it takes time and takes time for you to really recognize that the need that you have to heal, look for help, and Susana, if someone is interested in looking for you, uh, how can they find you? Um, you so my Instagram would be a way just to connect with me, and um, it's really more focused for art. But I, you know, I do, I do like to do a lot of like prevention and education chats. You know, doing these podcasts for me, it's an opportunity for 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 advocate work to, to try to do things in the community or share information or, or maybe it resonates with, with someone and they want to learn more. So you can reach me on Instagram and happy to talk or happy to send resources. If anyone has like specific questions on re- national resources, I know you guys are in California. Mm-hmm. So how can they find you on, on Instagram? How oh, I'm at, yeah, at Susie 29. So S U S Y. It's the way my grandma used to spell it 29. Oh, <laughs> this is special. And also, you that are listening right now, 
Susie is there on Instagram. You definitely need to go check her Instagram because yeah. you can see what we're talking about. This part of the of the healing process, and just like you mentioned, Susana, uh, having the um, that space to be able to help others, and that's what it's all. Salpi Mujeres talk is about as well. So we definitely are very thankful that that you have taken the time to be with us um, to explain so many things that. We, I mean, we have information, a lot of information from everywhere, social media, internet, right. but just to be able to put a name into everything, how it is, mm -hmm. that's, is, I mean, it's a plus, right? Because it's not easy to talk right. about these topics mm -hmm. and to understand them, but you have put it there so understandable in Oh, good. That we all can relate to it, yes, because yeah. we all go through this. And if yeah. there's someone that needs the help, well, there's a lot of uh, organizations as well that can help. So we're gonna work mm -hmm. on that too to to put some of them uh, on our Instagram. So thank you, Susana. Thank yes, you for of course. Us. Thank you. I thank you. Appreciate. Before we log off, if there's anything that you want to say that maybe you think might be helpful to the community to hear directly from you um well i mean just thank you for for having me and this for the platform right to be able to share information and intergenerational trauma is such a heavy topic that in itself is like its own podcast and yeah. self-care yeah um but i do feel like you know your culture and your identity all of these things come in different forms and um, just tap into who you are, you know, keep being who you are, keep being authentic, um, keep, stay curious, you know, try new things, new hobbies. Um, there's so many different parts of ourselves that we don't even know until, you know, it, it comes alive in some way. And so yeah. it's, it's a beautiful process. And um, I love having these conversations and you just let me know what y'all need. I'll be happy to support you and, you want to talk again? I'll talk again. So yes, yes, yes. perfect. Yes, no. I I think that you're right. I think that is a um international that it is a topic that I think we will. I want to continue to talk about because I think it's super important to to hear. Um, with as these we're these generations we're moving we're involving specifically here in in the United States, I think it would be helpful for for us to under, understand, um, how. The trauma that our families went through, how mm -hmm. it's affecting us now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Asona, for joining us. I really appreciate it. I thought they said it right, right on. Is um, it made me feel like okay, cool. I'm not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're <laughs> sure. <Yes>. Right. right. <laughs> but again. Thank you so much, and comunidad, thank you for listening. Please follow us at Sunny Morehead's Talk on Instagram and follow us on Spotify. We'll talk to you all soon. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Okay, so we are back with Susana. Again, Susana, thank you so much for joining us. And this is a, a, a topic that most um, Salvadoreño families that came here in the early 80s um, with the trauma of the war is a unspoken topic and listening to you and what you have you have done um, with a combination of art. I, I think Sarolenos are we are 
naturally in, in on our own way, very artistic, bright. Um, so combining that together, I think is something that I'm going to, I'm going to say is something that will identify you very separately. Cause I think that is beautiful. Cause I think it's it, just hearing what you were saying is how mm-hmm. can you help and stepping kind of away from the traditional clinical um, part mm-hmm. of therapy mm-hmm. and doing something where it will then combine both our, our enrich our culture in in talking talking about this is therapy but it doesn't have to be scary it doesn't have to be you're not going to be in this fluorescent light of a room you know this vision that we all hot have. seat yeah <laughs> yes, right <laughs> that we that our families do have so right during break we were talking um just briefly of how a door has opened um so for many latinos just not necessarily salvadoreños but I think it comes from that we are moving to first generation, second generations, um, Salvadorinos born born here, in where they are being open to the need of mental health, self care, mm-hmm. taking care right. of ourselves. Um, but our parents and our grandparents may not be there yet. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I want to I definitely I want to ask you is what other top three things I think that you have seen, or what is your generation? What is your population right now in trying to sacar get in there y sacarlo lo que you know está tan enterrado en la en la en la gente. Yeah. Well, I think you know, and that's one of the things that when. I think that has kept my role as a therapist fueled is the passion to, to help um, my communities that I'm very, or just my heart, just a huge part of my heart. Um, And it's just how I'm built. Like I cannot, like I have to help. Like it's just, (laughs) I'm like my grandmother. It's just, it's just what I, it's who I am. It's what I do. It's like, I will never stop. It's just, and it's not work for me. Um, right when it becomes lighter with like art just getting in the community I love that that's like the 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 fun part for me but you know I always think of like building resilience right and so I and you know whether I'm in the therapist role or I'm not if I have that hat on or not I think I'm always in the framework of just how do I build resilience um and I think with the therapist hat on it's um kind of coming to to families and trying to open up those conversations within family members of like being loving and, and honest and um, when they're ready, obviously, right. Cause not everyone's going to show up in that, within that place. Um, especially if they're in there, if they're in it, if they're really experiencing their trauma, they're not going to be ready for certain conversations, right. They're just not. And so they're going to heal if we look like at our older generations, right. So if I look at my grandmother, you're going to, I see, her healing was spiritual. I mean, that was the most spiritual woman I've ever met. She left a huge impact on me. I mean, you see her in my artwork, like she just comes out in my artwork. Um, and so I, her therapy, her healing was her spirituality. Right. And like, so I think in older generations, you kind of see that they do that, right. Or, or whatever they're gravitating yeah. towards, um, mm-hmm. or within their community, helping others, the church, volunteering, my family in El Salvador right now, both my aunt and uncle are pastors. 
Um, and so there, that is their way of, of also helping and healing their country, neighbors, and um, you know, they're within their community. Um, but right, and then so you mentioned like just how your own culture, the richness in in traditions, right? And so I always think if you can, I think one way of helping yourself if you're experiencing like hard times or you're going through something is try to connect to your ancestors through, through culture. And so that can be songs, their artwork, traditions, foods, meditation practices or tradition. Um, So allowing yourself to be nourished by their stories, um, books, right. Reading books about certain things or, wisdom of these people that came before you. Um, I'm always very inspired by people who have come before me and lived hard lives and right. what they've taken away from that um, are points of, of reference for me and a lot of the work I do or the way I try to live my life and how it presents itself too in some of my artwork. Right. So Hello. I, yeah. the healing and as you mentioned, you can find it in in, diff, in different ways. For instance, your grandma, spiritual, same thing, my grandma. Um, but do you sense that that's, and maybe I'm, I'm wrong because I'm, I'm a talker. I can talk my feelings for, for hours. But is it a Band-Aid or is it truly a healing process? Mm-hmm. Where is it just possible that there will be just gente that go that went through some trauma will not be able to speak speak through it with words. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you know. Let's. I think it depends on the person, right? Like, and every family is so different. And so, even though we're all like his cult, you know, from El Salvador, right? We we're all from. It doesn't mean that we each have that same way of like being, or you know, we're communicating. So. I don't know. You know, I think it depends on the person if they're getting healing and a lot of um, personal growth from spirituality. Um, and if family can see that, I think that's wonderful, right? And if mm-hmm. it's, they may not necessarily talk about like their experience and details, but maybe mm-hmm. they'll talk about it in other forms. You mm-hmm. know, like yes. Other- and, and you know, I'm I, I, right now that you mentioned what what you do with your art because you're really you're very artistic. I mean, we have seen your Instagram and um, yes, I, I enjoy that because I always consider myself that I'm a an artist, like yes. a frustrated one. But <laughs> I I feel like when I do it is when I'm feeling the need yes to put feelings somewhere you know and I have found I found myself telling my husband I need to do something with my hands you know I need to do something and he Mm -hmm. said go ahead so last time I did it was a couple of days ago I think and I did a collage a collage without having something in my head right using paper magazines I know it's done maybe some for someone I know it's with the niños I don't care. Mm-hmm. That's what helped me. And um, I enjoyed doing it. And when I saw the results, <laughs> it was, it was a, a married couple getting married, this and that. And that so I related, so I related 
to so many things. But what I'm trying to say is I found myself doing that to help me um, maybe, maybe doing a, putting feelings or thoughts and even drawing. And the drawings that I make are very cultural uh, related. So I'm going to share some of those drawings because all of them are women. Yeah. All of them are dressed in our very traditional like garments. Well, that's according to me, right? <laughs> I don't know if it came out like that. <laughs> but um, it's because of that connection as well that you mentioned that you feel very proud about your grandma. And I, I'm trying to jump in this little personal project, you know, gathering pictures from my grandparents when they were young. And it's hard because I'm here. All of my family is in El Salvador. So it's hard, but it's, I think it's part of that, of understanding, you know, pictures of my grandma mm -hmm. and to be able to get to know them and show it to my son. So I think it's part of that process of healing as well. Yes. Because I know, you know, how they went through, but until right now, I'm able to put those two pieces together. Why am mm -hmm. I doing this? And why do I feel the need on to do yeah. this? So thank you. Thank you, Susana, because it's very eye-opener, uh, in that way that maybe it's me trying to heal generational yeah. traumas definitely yeah. I think definitely. it comes to you right like you just it just it just happens you just start doing it um and and then you have this work of art this piece that you've made and it's resonating with a lot of things in you and forming um, connections and you maybe closures or releases that weren't there before. I think that's the beautiful part about art is that it gives language to sometimes what words can't. And that's, it's storytelling in a different way, you know? And I love that. And I, 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 I really gravitate towards that. And I think it's, it, it, it is a, a form of healing. And um, like you said, it's, it's, it's wanting this connection to your culture, to your, to your people and wanting to share that with your son and, and it does a lot for you. And it's, I think it's, it's the same with, um, all the creative arts, right? Music and dance and, and written like poetry and all of these things that, um, that resonate to, to experiences. I think we can all relate to. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. And we have jump Oti. You can share about this too. Oti, uh, she read the book of uh, Solito. And you, Susana, mentioned before another book. And I would like to take you know note of that book because mm -hmm. uh, we definitely are trying to get into these um, the people that have put you know their stories in paper reading so we can learn about that. So. Yeah, yeah, Oti, she did that, and uh, everything book. that, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was such a beautiful book, um, well-written, and where he had to experience to bring that, bring all these emotions up that he had experienced, and, and I, I went to his reading and had mentioned that there were things that he had completely forgotten about until he went through this project, that brought up all of these different <laughs> memories. Yeah. The smell, the everything. It was it was just unbelievable. And reading his book definitely felt it. Um, where I myself was like, this is 
pic just picturing this child come to, from a, from Salvador on his way to all the the experiences that he went through was mm -hmm. it was incredible, and um, and those are the the things in where we I feel like we need to help our children to to un yeah. understand their feelings the feelings that they go through um right. and how to do that but it also comes in where yourself you need to do some healing as okay. well before you can experience that I think one yeah. one one of the things that we had mentioned was um the crying part of it in mm -hmm. where we grew up with saying you don't cry you don't cry and everything you have to be strong and, and so on to the point where I'm still I'm 41 years old and when I cry actually I'm mad at myself for crying you know so I'm here trying to teach my kids like it's okay to cry if we all have bad days and da, da, da. but <laughs> I can't do that one of the hardest, yeah that's one of the hardest things that you can tell a child because I was talking to my mom this when my dad passed away I was 11 years old and mm. todo mundo me decía in the service you need to be strong for your mom you need to be strong for your mom don't let her see you crying or feeling bad you need to be there for her yeah. guess what I found myself um growing up like this in a second taking mm -hmm. care of my mom emotionally yeah. not being able to put myself out there with my feelings too because yeah she lost a husband but I lost a father a parent mm -hmm. and there's this movie or this series in Netflix with Soy Zeldan I don't remember the name right now but she loses her husband mm -hmm. and they have a daughter so there's a scene with the they're both together in bed the mom and the daughter and the daughter is saying I understand that you lost my dad and you lost my dad but I lost my father the moment that I heard that out loud I start crying and pouring watching the tv yeah. Yeah. but because I understood that that's what happened to me it happened to me and, and I used to not cry in front of anyone I just do it by myself and then again my brother passed away the same thing mm -hmm. you need to be there for your mom and I had I was how old was I 25 26 when he passed away the mm -hmm. same thing here we go again and a month after his passing then I start finding myself going down like I don't want to see anyone I don't want to do anything I just want to be on bed it was a depression so I think it's very important to have empathy with others mm -hmm. how they deal with their um grievings their griefs or their traumas or the situations stressful situations because for everyone is different mm -hmm. and you cannot assume that what it worked for me is going to work for them or just say things very slightly like ah very lightly sorry like oh no pues hay que ser fuerte no que te vean que estás fuerte no you have the right to go through the suffering or the pain and to put it out because yeah. then if you don't do that trust me I've been working on that now years years and years after yeah. I'm trying to work into why this caused me pain why do I get too emotional but it's it's all of that mm -hmm. I have learned that so yeah telling a child don't cry don't cry when is they really have the right to feel that pain 
-hmm. let them let them go through it let them go through it so they can pour it out and then you move from there mm -hmm. yeah. and then just that itself right you're breaking that that cycle of don't cry fix, fix your face <laughs> yes <laughs> yes you're breaking that just by you're you're just letting your child experience emotion they're experience grief and then um right i think in mothers like we don't put that same parenting advice we have to like parent ourselves yes. and remember to do that and yes. and allow yourself to grieve and feel all these feelings and and um which is really hard <laughs> it's easier to avoid them um but that's part of self-care too right so we don't burn out um or, and then that will yeah because burnout too affects parenting definitely yes the oh, burnout yes. i think we've all experienced that one way or another the burnout of just wearing multiple hats and how um that can burn us out and mm -hmm. not not having those conversations even with what my mom passed away a couple of years ago but even when we were when I was still trying to learn the whole being a mom working full time and blah 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 and everything you just don't talk about that you just go you just do it yeah yeah mm -hmm. no there's you just someone has to do it so no no complaining and find feeling that that burnout it is one of those those feelings that well what do you do with this how do you deal mm -hmm. with these feelings when you're starting to feel worked out yeah and you, yeah I mean you hit a brick wall at some point um and it shows itself differently right and so it could be physical or emotional or relational like you just start having a bunch of issues everywhere and then it's harder to pull it back together it's harder to to but you know, I you know, I think of self-care, um, like my mindfulness. We're hearing a lot more of like mindfulness practices, um, with the breathing and um the grounding techniques, right? So grounding is anything our or five senses basically, sight, sound, touch, taste, smell. I think I got them all. Um so being able to slow your brain down and get in focus on what you're doing in the present moment. And that's a really hard skill when you spent your whole yeah. life not focusing and just yeah. going. Yeah, yeah, you're teaching sure. yourself a whole new way of of living. You're basically one of your, you know, you're you're teaching yourself a whole new way of like interacting in your life and being present in your life. And that's it's really hard to do. Super hard. Mm -hmm. I find myself if I sit down on the couch and just say, I'm, I'm just gonna sit here the sense of guilt starts creeping in. <laughs> I should be doing something. Why am I just sitting here? There's so there. I'm sure there's plenty of things to do. You know, like I should start doing this. I should start doing that blah, blah, blah. And not allowing myself just to sit quietly. Super mm -hmm. hard. Super yeah, hard. Super. So nature too has been, for me, a big part of like helping me slow down too. And I think that's probably what's led to so many plants in my home and um really trying to take moments to to be present and connect to nature in whatever way I can and look at how it changes and grows and you know it's never in a rush it just yeah 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 <laughs> yeah um 
very good way to see that. Yes, I <laughs> mean, because time. Yeah. it takes time and takes time for you to really recognize that the need that you have to heal, look for help. And Susana, if someone is interested in looking for you, uh, how can they find you? Um, you so my Instagram would be a way to to connect with me, and um, it's really more focused for art. But I, you know, I do I do like to do a lot of like prevention and education chats. You know, doing these podcasts for me, it's an opportunity for 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 advocate work to to try to do things in the community or share information or, or maybe it resonates with with someone and they want to learn more. So you can reach me on Instagram and happy to talk or happy to send resources if anyone has like specific questions on re national resources i know you guys are in california mm -hmm. so. so how can they find you on on instagram how oh i'm at yeah at suzy 29 so s-u-s-y it's the way my grandma used to spell it 29 oh, <laughs> this is special and also you that are listening right now Susie is there on Instagram. You definitely need to go check her Instagram because yeah. you can see what we're talking about. This part of the of the healing process, and just like you mentioned, Susana, uh, having the um, that space to be able to help others, and that's what it's all. Salpi Mujeres talk is about as well. So we definitely are very thankful that that you have taken the time to be with us um, to explain so many things that. We, I mean, we have information, a lot of information from everywhere, social media, internet, right. but just to be able to put a name into everything, how it is, mm -hmm. that's, is, I mean, it's a plus, right? Because it's not easy to talk right. about these topics mm -hmm. and to understand them, but you have put it there so understandable in Oh, good. That we all can relate to it, yes, because yeah. we all go through this. And if yeah. there's someone that needs the help, well, there's a lot of uh, organizations as well that can help. So we're going to work mm -hmm. on that too, to, to put some of them uh, on our Instagram. So thank you, Susana. Thank yes, you for of course. Uh, thank you. I thank you. Appreciate Before we log off, if there's anything that you want to say that maybe you think might be helpful to the community to hear directly from you um well i mean just thank you for for having me and this for the platform right to be able to share information and intergenerational trauma is such a heavy topic that in itself is like its own podcast and yeah. self-care yeah um but i do feel like you know your culture and your identity all of these things come in different forms and um, just tap into who you are, you know, keep being who you are, keep being authentic, um, keep, stay curious, you know, try new things, new hobbies. Um, there's so many different parts of ourselves that we don't even know until, you know, it, it comes alive in some way. And so yeah. it's, it's a beautiful process. And um, I love having these conversations and you just let me know what y'all need. I'll be happy to support you and, you want to talk again? I'll talk again. So yes, yes, yes. perfect. Yes, no. I I think that you're right. I think that is a um international that it is a topic that I think we will. I want to continue to talk about because I think it's super important to to hear. Um, with as these we these generations were moving 
we're involving specifically here in, in the United States, I think it would be helpful for, for us to under, understand um, how the trauma that our families went through, how mm -hmm. it's affecting us now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Asona, for joining us. I really appreciate it. I think Bethy said it right, right on. Is um, it made me feel like okay, cool. I'm not crazy. But again, thank you so much, and comunidad. Thank you for listening. Please follow us at Sunny Morehead Talk on Instagram and follow us on Spotify. Bye.